Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or should I say good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of the Evan Witt Podcast, and I want to thank you all for listening, who's listened to the past two episodes so far. I appreciate it, and uh, appreciate you all listening to me. It is currently Saturday, September 1st. This is the at 6.23pm uh, Central Time. This is the time of this podcast. Obviously, things may change between now and when you listen to this episode. But I do want to thank you for listening. And if you want to give me a follow on Twitter, at Evan Witt Sports. That is at Evan, E-V-A-N, Witt, W-I-T, Sports. Um, give me a follow and... Uh, let me know what you think of the podcast and what I can do to improve it. What can I do to make it better? I, I, I do this to talk sports, to give me a platform to give my thoughts and opinions and feelings on what's going on in the world of sports and uh, mostly Packers and Badgers and Bucks and Brewers related, but a lot of, a lot of NFL talk, general NFL talk and general college football and baseball talk as well. Now, lots to talk about. The uh, Packers had to get their roster down to the preliminary 53-man roster, and I use that term preliminary for a reason, and I'll explain that later. The Milwaukee Brewers made some deadline uh, waiver deadline deals to try to bolster their uh, roster a little bit for the postseason push. Xavier Cedeno, left uh, a pitcher who can be a left-handed specialist out of the bullpen, then Curtis Granderson, a veteran presence off the bench, pinch hitter potential, can probably play in the outfield from time to time to give guys a break and a rest. And then starting pitcher Gio Gonzalez, who's been a bit of a rough stretch lately, a rough season, but career-wise, he's pretty decent. And if the Brewers can catch uh, lightning in a bottle with these three guys, it should definitely help the Brewers as they're getting into the stretch run of the 2018 championship season looking for not just a wild card playoff berth but they still want to try to win the division title so you know with that i uh, also want to invite you to my next challenge group um I, I, as i've talked about in other episodes uh I am a health and fitness enthusiast and coach. I'm down about 145, 150 pounds over the past uh, several years, since 2011 to be exact, end of 2011, beginning of 2012. And I'm doing a program called Lift 4. It is a workout that incorporates weights and it incorporates HIT style workouts, combining the two together to give you a great full body workout 
I'm loving this program. I'm going into the final week of my first round of this program. I will be starting a second round uh, as soon as first round is done. And I want to invite you to join me. If you've been struggling with trying to find a workout that's fun for you, trying to find a meal plan that you can help you reach your fitness goal, trying to find a way to curb cravings, then I have a perfect solution for you. And for the first five people who sign up with a challenge pack by the 8th, a week from today, you will be eligible to win a $25 gift card. And also, for signing up, you will be eligible to win an additional $25 gift card at the end of the 30-day challenge group that I am inviting you to. Your name will be put in a drawing, and I will pick somebody at random. So you have the potential to walk out of the month of September with $50 worth of gift cards for just signing up with a Lift 4 Challenge Pack. And if you're interested in learning more, you can shoot me an email. Coach Evan 66 at gmail.com, and I will be in touch with you. Now to jump into the episode, the reason why you're all listening. Um, first, some Milwaukee Brewer talk. The Brewers get the, a nice win yesterday against the Washington Nationals. Um, you know, the Brewers need these wins, and they got the win, uh, like I said, yesterday, and... Uh, you know, I guess they need these wins. Four to one yesterday. Um, they took two out of three against the Reds. They took two out of three against the Pirates. They took two out of three against the Reds earlier uh, in August. And the Brewers need to win these series. And they definitely got to win this series against the Nationals. A sweep would be great especially as they're going against the series um, starting Monday against the Cubs, a three-game set at home. Um, that's a great chance to get even closer to the Chicago Cubs in the divisional race before they take three, play three against the Giants uh, over the weekend at home. And then they travel to Chicago for three, <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 10th, 11th, and 12th. These are series that are crucial to for the Milwaukee Brewers as they're trying to not only get into the playoffs as a wild card. Like I said before, they have goals of getting in as a division champion, overtaking the Cubs. And that's why they made these moves that they did. Um, as I mentioned, Xavier Sederno, uh, who has a 2-0 record with a 2.84 ERA and a 1.263 whip. He is a left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen. Can, uh, just another body there to go along with who they currently have. Another uh, potential lefty specialist that they can throw out there. Uh, most recently with the Chicago White Sox, where he spent some time with the t- uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the Washington Nationals, Toronto, uh Sorry, not uh, not Toronto. Um, and Houston spent some time with Houston as well. Um, and he, you know, he's a guy that just adds some veteran presence to the bullpen. He's, uh, uh, you know, he spent five years and made eight years in Major League Baseball, 
And as I mentioned, he gives uh, some potential veteran presence for the Brewers in that bullpen. And another arm that hopefully they can depend on, especially when guys like Matt Albers has not really been dependable. Uh, you need other guys who you could uh, uh, turn to. Curtis Granderson, I mentioned, he is a uh, a veteran, been around for quite some time in baseball, 15 years to be exact, um, 11 of those in the AL, 4 of those in the NL, and he's a career 252 hitter with uh, 330 career home runs and 900 career RBIs. He's a guy that has been uh, in World Series. He's been in All-Star Games. He's been Silver Slugger. He spent time with Detroit, the Yankees, the Mets, Toronto, the Dodgers, uh, Toronto again, the Mets again. So he's a guy that's been around. He's done it all, seen it all. And he's a much better option for a late-game pinch hitter uh, coming off the bench, you know, you look at who the Brewers had. They had Ernan Perez. They had Keon Broxton, potential pinch hitters. Eric Thames has been struggling lately. So you need, you know, you just get another option there. And he's a guy that can also play in the outfield too. Um, you know, he, this season he has 302 plate appearances. He's batting 245, 11 home runs, 35 RBIs, a 342 on base percentage of 430 slugging a 772 OPS and a 113 OPS plus so he's not a guy that's going to be playing every day for the rest of the year of course the Brewers don't need him to they got Braun they got Yelich they got Kane they got Santana back up they got Broxton they got Thames you can put out there He's just another bench player that can you can put into a game as a late-game replacement. Uh, like I mentioned, pinch hitter. So you're not going to be stuck with having to pinch hit Tasheen again because you don't want to use a bench player because you had to uh, pull your pitcher early. And then Gio Gonzalez, 6-foot, uh, 203 left-handed pitcher uh, getting from the Washington Nationals this season. He's 7-11 and 11 and a 4.57 ERA, a whip of 1.531. He's got 126 strikeouts and 145.2 innings pitched. Uh, not having a great year, especially not having a great month of August, but he has been a 20-game winner in this, in this league in 2012. He's been... Uh, He's been to All-Star Games. He's finalist for Cy Young Award, finishing uh, third place before and sixth place for the Cy Young. Uh, another veteran guy who right now, Craig Council isn't really talking about how he's going to use Gio Gonzalez, saying that he's not re- you know, really necessarily going to pencil him into the starting rotation, which I think would be very stupid because he's a better option to me, I think, if you can uh, get him right. I think he's a better option than a Junior Guerra, who's also been struggling in the month of August. I think he's a better option than Freddie Peralta, who's been struggling tremendously from the All-Star break and is currently in the minors. And I honestly think he's a better option than Zach Davies. And you know, he gives the Brewers options. They can even go to a six-man rotation for the rest of the year, too, if they really want to, with Gonzalez back. He can be a long-term option out of the bullpen if a starter goes short. So, like, you have a junior Guerra or Zach Davies, he goes, like, four innings. You can throw him in there, maybe. But he's never really pitched out of the bullpen before. So I don't really know 
uh, I don't really know what exactly, you know, the Brewers' plans are for him. But Craig Council, he needs to get him in the rotation. Get him working with the pitching coach. Uh, hopefully the pitching coach can see some stuff on film that he can tweak a little bit. Get Gio Gonzalez right. Because if Gio Gonzalez can do for the Brewers for the remainder of the year what Cole Hamels has done for the Chicago Cubs since coming over, the Brewers are going to uh, be in great standing to make the playoffs. And you want to put Gio Gonzalez in the rotation. That's my opinion. Uh, left-handed pitcher. Um, it, you know, uh, hopefully he can bring you uh, some value and catch lightning in a bottle. Just as I was when the Brewers were in the Matt Harvey talk before those fell apart during the waiver deadline uh, uh, deals. I I hope they can just catch lightning in a bottle with Gio Gonzalez and he can find uh, whatever he needs to find and ends up pitching pretty well for the Brewers down the stretch run. But anyway, the Brewers got three guys, in my opinion, that they can put through the stretch run. That that's how I look at it with the, the what the, the Milwaukee Brewers did. So, what are your thoughts on the Milwaukee Brewers? The Milwaukee Brewers are currently playing the Washington Nationals as we speak. The game is tied nothing to nothing in the bottom of the second inning on Saturday, September 1st. And the Brewers are currently four games out of first place at 76-60. and 60. Um, When it comes to the wild card, they are up for the... They're currently leading the second wild card spot. Um, let me pull that up really quick. They're currently two and a half games up on the LA Dodgers in the second. They're a half a game behind the the Cardinals for the first wild card spot, and they do have games against the Cardinals left coming up as well. And as I mentioned, they're about four games behind the Cubs. And what are your thoughts on the Brewers? Are they going to get this wild card spot where they're seven and three over their last ten, uh, heating up a little bit after a very rough start to August? Um, or do you see them fading down the stretch? And do the moves that the Brewers made are they going to make push the Brewers uh, into the playoffs? So. At Evan Witt Sports, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram as well, at CoachEvan83 on Instagram. Uh, follow my fitness journey there. But moving on, you know, Green Bay Packers, 53-man roster has been announced. And the preliminary 53-man roster, because the Packers could make some waiver claims uh, between now and tomorrow, uh, to add guys to the 53-man roster. Um, will they? I don't know, but they do have that option, and they could make some changes. Last year, they brought in Ahmad Brooks. They brought in Chris Odom, who was cut today, among um, some other people as well. And then after game two of the season, they do need to bring in uh, Aaron Jones, so there's going to be another roster change right there. But as of right now, the Packers' 53-man roster currently sits at quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Kaiser, and Tim Boyle, making the 53-man three quarterbacks. They uh, Starting with two running backs, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. They released uh, Aaron Ripkowski, Joe Carriage, LaShawn Daniels, Joe Brogdon, and Bronson Hill. And they put on the IR uh, maze and... You know, Ripkowski, I, I, I called like three, four weeks ago that he was going to be released. 
I called that like three or four weeks ago, and as we've gotten closer to the 53-man cutoff date, uh, more and more people jumping on that bandwagon that Ripkowski was going to be released. I actually honestly forgot about Joe Carriage. Uh, Carriage. I forgot he was on the roster. Um, I was expecting him to go into the year at no fullbacks, period. And they do that just that by getting rid of Carriage. Um, the Packers... Uh, going through the first two games as of right now with just two running backs on their roster. Uh, the reserve suspension list right now is Aaron Jones, and as I mentioned, injury reserve, Devontae Mays. Packers keep eight wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison. Those were given. Then you have Trevor Davis, who missed most of the camp due to a hamstring injury, but he gives you value on special teams, and he's one that could be traded uh, in the next few days as they're looking to move him. Rumor has it. Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Acrimonia St. Brown, the three rookies all make it, and Jake Kumaro makes it as well. Uh, released was D'Angelo Yancey, Adonis Jennings, and Kyle Lewis. If I was a betting man, if he clears waivers, Adonis Jennings will likely be on the practice squad. The Packers brought him in late, and I'm sure the Packers would be interested to see what he can do um, with the practice squad. Now, the wide receiver position, that would be where I would circle of uh, them potentially making a move uh, if they if they do make a waiver claim on somebody or if they do uh, when they have to bring Aaron Jones back to the 53-man roster. It'll probably be one of the receivers that they release, uh, one of the three rookies, try to get him out of the practice squad. Or Jay Kumaro, who maybe he they... Uh, Realize that his shoulder injury is taking longer to heal than they thought, and they placed Jake Kumaro on the IR to free up a roster spot for Aaron Jones. And that goes right with a question that I got on Twitter um, from, uh, just got to find it, uh, at Goot the Goat, Daniel, will Packers cut a wide receiver to make room for, or, or practice squad to make room for Aaron Jones? And uh, I think they end up. Uh, IRing Jake Kumaro or releasing him. I think he'll be the odd man out um, after week two, especially if his shoulder is still bugging him. Tight end. And let me. Here's why. And here's why I'm feeling this way. Ackermania St. Brown, I think, is going to be the better of the three wide receivers. There's just something about him that I just love. Jamon Moore has a lot of upside and potential. Veldez Scantling has a lot of upside and potential as well. And Jake Kumaro is who he is. He, he, he's reached a ceiling, I think. You know, what you saw in the preseason is what you got from him. We never saw him really in preseason games at all against ones and twos. He did most of his damage in, against threes, fours, and fives. And I don't know how Jake Kumaro translates to Sundays in the NFL. You know, he's bounced around from team to team for a reason. Not trying to hate on the man, but Kumaro's bounced around from team to team for a reason. So I think he would be the odd man out. And the other one would be Trevor Davis. If they're able to swing him for a conditional draft pick, that could open up a spot on the 53-man. Tight ends, they kept Jimmy Graham. They kept Lance Kendricks. They kept Mercedes Lewis. And they also kept... uh, uh, training camp and preseason standout Robert Tunyon, which I'm very happy to see him make the team. He had a great camp, great uh, train uh, preseason slate of games. 
always seemed to be open, catching everything thrown to him. He's a really strong blocker in line, and I, I like what Tunyon did. And, you know, with Lance Kendricks, you have the option to play him at that H-back role a little bit, kind of play that fullback role when you need to use a fullback. Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis can be your on-the-line uh, tight ends to help out with blocking in the run game and uh, also in pass pro as well. And then you got Jimmy Graham, who is your your flex guy. You can line up in the slot. You can line out, out wide. You can line up in the backfield on the line of scrimmage. You can move Jimmy Graham around a lot. They released Emmanuel Bird. They released Kevin Radar. And they released Ryan Smith at tight end. I don't really see any of these three uh, sticking around for the practice squad. On the offensive line, the no-brainers, David Bakhtiari, Brian Bulaga, Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsley, and Justin McRae all made it. Uh, those are your starting five, so of course those five made it. But to round it out, Byron Bell, Jason Spriggs, Lucas Patrick, and Alex Light. Lucas Patrick kind of took over the uh, utility guy, playing uh, in, uh, all both guard spots and center. Uh, Jason Spriggs can be your swing tackle. Brian Bell can play guard or tackle. And I don't really know a lot about Alex Light to comment on. The Packers release Dylan Day, who I thought did really well at center. Uh, he'll probably be practice squad. Adam Pankey, who surprised me a little bit. Kofi Armici, who I think might make the practice squad. Maybe just needs another year of seasoning. And Austin Davis, uh, they release. Kyle Murphy gets put on the IR. And the one guy I'm very disappointed in that I didn't get to see a chance to play at all in training camp or preseason because he did not report was Cole Madison. I, I, I don't know how they have to work that out with Cole Anderson. Um, Cole Madison, I mean. I don't know if he's reserved retired list. Uh, I don't know what the Packers do with that. But I'm happy for Justin McCray. I like Justin McCray a lot. But I think Cole Madison really could have pushed McCray for that starting right guard position. And now they didn't get a chance to and it, uh, because he never reported. So that's the Packers offense. Defensively, defensive line, no surprise. They kept Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkinson, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams. Adams last year's uh, third-round draft pick, I believe it was third round or fourth round. Got a chance to really see what he can do now that he's fully healthy. And then Muhammad Wilkinson, the big free agent signing, uh, playing on a, a prove-it deal with Mike Pettin. Uh Last time he played with Mike Pettin, that's where we saw the last time Muhammad Wilkinson was a great football player. And now the Packers have him under Mike Penton. Maybe he can. We can see that again for Muhammad Wilkinson, Daniels, and Kenny, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. All came uh, still here from last year's team. Uh, Dean Lowry offers you a high motor, high energy player that's not going to make any mistakes. Kenny Clark, very stout in the middle, starting to be a guy that needs to demand double teams. And Mike Daniels demands double teams. He can rush the passer. He's a high-energy guy, and he's going to bring it every single play. Released, they released draft pick James Looney. They released Joey Mabu. They released Tyler Lancaster, and they released former Badger Connor Sheehy. James Looney, uh, likely practice squad guy. The other three, I'm not sure. As a Badger homer, I wouldn't mind seeing Connor Sheehy make the practice squad, but I'm not holding my breath. 
Linebacker was another head-scratcher for Brian Gutenkust, and this is why I say preliminary 53-man, because this is a position they may add to um, uh, during the waiver wire as well. Some names uh, out, you know, got released. Uh, one is Simon from, um, from the Colts gets released, and... John Simon from the Colts got released. He's a guy that the the Packers could bring in potentially to uh, play in their 3-4 defense. He kind of got released because they play the 4-3 now in Indianapolis. He didn't really fit what they wanted to do. But Simon could be a guy that winds up in Green Bay in their 3-4. That could be a guy Gutenkus is looking at. But they keep Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Blake Martinez, draft pick Orwin, Orwin Burks, uh, Reggie Gilbert. See if what he did over the last two games of last season and what he did during uh, the preseason can translate to regular season. They kept Kyle, Kyler Frackle, Frackle once again. Um, I'm not a huge Frackle fan. I think he reached the ceiling on what he can offer you. But I guess uh, Packers still seem he can offer you something. They kept new guy Antonio Morrison, who they just traded for earlier in the week with for Lindsey Pipkins. And they surprisingly kept James Crawford, who showed up right before the first preseason game. And he earned himself a spot on the 53-man roster. And I'm pretty sure the biggest reason why... They kept him on the 53-man was his play on special teams. He he showed on special teams, especially on uh, Thursday, that he can bring it. He, he uh, had a really huge hit on one kickoff return, very clean, hard hit. And he's also a big sack artist out of, in, in, out of Illinois. He's a little undersized at 6'2", 239. But he's a guy that can maybe get you a little bit roughing, uh, rushing the passer. They released Vince Beagle last year, draft choice. Uh, this one disappointed me, not from more of a, not from a football standpoint. This one disappointed me because I'm a, I'm a Beagle fan. I liked what he did at Wisconsin. I was hoping, 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 hoping. You know, the hometown guy, you know, from Wisconsin, played high school ball at Wisconsin, played college ball in Wisconsin. Now playing his NFL career in Wisconsin. I was hoping Vince Beagle could be a, a great story, great hometown guy that has an NFL impact. Unfortunately, maybe a little undersized, doesn't have the burst off the edge. Maybe the Packers sign him to the practice squad if he's eligible and uh, maybe try to move him inside and see if he can be a middle linebacker, a potential guy to bring onto their active roster down the road if they need to. Kendro Donaldson, seventh-round pick, gets released. He's a guy that showed some promise and been very raw from a small school. He will likely make the practice squad if he clears waivers. They let Chris Odom go. He was a late uh, signing last year after the 53 roster cutdown. They let Jerry Martini go. They let Armad Thomas go, which is a little surprising. He's a guy that we might see on the fifth, on the practice squad. James Hearns, they let go. Nashawn Hughes and Marcus Porter. Corner, they kept six. Tremont Williams, Kevin King, Devon House, Jari Alexander, Josh Jackson, and Herb Waters. They kept Herb Waters, 
who had a very slow start to camp but looked really good late in the preseason, and he makes the roster. Tremont Williams, King House, Alexander Jackson were no-brainers. It was who were they going to shape up the rest of the defensive back room with, and it ended up Herb Waters is a bit of a surprise. They let Josh Haw- Josh Hawkins go. They let Dimitri Goodson go. They let Donatello Brown go. And they put Quentin Rollins on injured reserve. Now, I don't know if it's injured reserve that they can bring him back later in the year or if it's injured reserve and they're going to reach an injury settlement as Quentin Rollins is dealing with a hamstring injury. At safety, ha-ha, Quentin Dix, Kentrell Bryce. There's your two starting safeties for week one, which scare the crap out of me. They also keep Josh Jones, Jermaine Whitehead, and Raven Green, undrafted uh, rookie free agent. Feel good story with Raven Green. A uh, big special team presence for him. Jermaine Whitehead surprises me a little bit because he struggled in preseason quite a bit. Jones struggled a little bit too, but I, looking at what they did with the linebacker position and with Oren Burke's uh, question marks for week one, he might see a lot of middle linebacker uh, uh, early in the year, pairing with Blake Martinez and Antonio Morrison. We might see a lot of uh, Josh Jones moving down to the middle, uh, playing in that linebacker room. They let Marwin Marwin Evans, uh, Oak Creek High School pro, uh, project go. Uh, they released him. And specialist, no surprise, Mason Crosby, J.K. Scott. And then they kept the draft pick, Hunter Bradley, which that doesn't surprise me. I know some people were surprised that they kept Hunter Bradley. And released last year's long snapper. I guess he was on the practice squad or something last year. Zach Triner. But you 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 use the draft pick on Hunter Bradley. You, you, you use the draft pick. You're gonna keep. Uh, you're gonna keep uh, Hunter Bradley. Now they did let some draft picks go, but if you use a draft pick on a specialist, I don't see how you you don't keep him because now you're just showing that it was a bad choice, which. I personally would never draft a long snapper, to be perfectly honest, but that's what Brian Gutenkoos did, and Brian Gutenkoos is a general manager for a reason. So, But with that said, some other NFL news to talk about. That's the Packer 53-man. Now, the other uh, NFL news that does affect the Packers for a couple reasons, because they were in on him uh, trying to trade for him, and now he's on a division rival, Khalil Mack. You know, this morning, I'm sitting at work. I had to go in for work for about an hour uh, to do some stuff, and I see the alert come across my phone that the Bears and Raiders have reached an agreement for Khalil Mack. And I was wondering, hmm, what exactly does the trade look like? So the 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 Bears gave up two first round picks. They gave up a second round pick or basically swapped second round pick and they gave up a sixth round pick for Khalil Mack and a second round pick from the Raiders. Hence I said they swapped second round picks. Then the Bears signed him to a six year, $141 million extension with $90 million guaranteed uh and $60 million at, uh, at signing and $23.5 million per year. And I forgot the Bears gave up a third-round pick. So they gave up a third-round pick 
not a second round pick. So my my apologies for messing that up. But that was a steep price to pay for Khalil Mack, the contract. See, the Bears can afford to do that. The Bears have a quarterback on a rookie contract. That uh, Trubisky's on a rookie deal. They can afford to pay that much money to one guy on defense. The Packers have a franchise quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that they just gave over $100 million guaranteed to on a four-year extension. So it comes down to that can the Packers really pay both Khalil Mack, $141 million, and Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, that much money as well? And the answer is no. You don't tie that much money up into two people, especially when one's a quarterback. You know, you got to pay your your franchise quarterback that much money. And the Bears are in position because they have a quarterback on a rookie contract, and for the majority of that contract, since Tabitsky's entering year two, so he's got four years left on his deal, the majority of that contract for Khalil Mack, Mitch Tabitsky is going to be on a rookie deal. The Bears are not paying a lot of people big contracts right now with the way the team is built, made up. So it, it, it's understandable that the Bears can give up that money. Now, just now, I see some people pissed off at Gutenkus for not pulling the trigger. But the thing is, you can't force a team to trade for you, trade to you. The Packers gave their pitch. The Bears gave their pitch. The Raiders liked the Bears' pitch better. There's nothing the Packers could have done about it. They like the Raiders, I mean the Bears pitch better. And that's where the 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 Bear I mean that's where the Raiders went to. They traded them to the Bears. So you don't need to be angry. You can be terrified. You can be holy crap, the Bears just got a dominant defensive lineman linebacker and Khalil Mack that can get after the quarterback. But you don't need to be mad the Packers couldn't get the deal done. They tried. But you need, it takes two to trade in the NFL. You all know that. You don't need to be reactionary over everything. You just understand that they did what they tried to do, which was get Khalil Mack, but they didn't. So now they got two draft picks going into next year's draft. And maybe they can trade up in the draft with those two draft picks and get into the top 10 and get an impact guy where there's a lot of pass rushers going to be in the draft this year that can be impact guys. So with that said, thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Evan Witsports. Um, at Evan Witsports. Give me a follow on Twitter. And uh, let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you, what you think of uh, what I had to say um, regarding the Brewers. You know, the Packers, the 53-man roster, it is what it is. I'm not really happy they kept Tim Boyle on the 53-man roster right now. But I, you know, it's whatever. I I just think that Boyle position on the 50-man, 53-man could have been used for somebody that could make more of an impact. Um, You know, I know it's the 53rd man on the roster. I get that. At the end of the day, though, like I said, I think you could have used uh, that position for somebody that could have gave you a little bit more of an impact. And unfortunately for 
The Packers, for me, unfortunately, they kept Tim Boyle. Now, something to keep an eye on, something to really keep an eye on, that if, when Aaron Jones does make the roster, uh, when Aaron Jones, I mean, gets added to the roster, um, Tim Boyle might get released, and then they might try to put him on the 53-man right then and there. After the season's gotten going. So that'll be uh, one area to look at. Um, as the possible addition to the 53 man. For Aaron Jones to spot. But with that. As I uh, said at the beginning of the show. I invite you to join my challenge group. Uh, email me. Coach Evan uh, 66 at gmail.com. If you're interested. Have a chance to get $50 worth of gift cards. By the end of September. Um. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to email me or tweet at me uh, at Evan with Sports, Coach Evan66 at gmail.com. With that said, thank you all for listening, and I appreciate it. And I will talk to you all later. This is the Evan Witt Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy your Labor Day weekend.